for tuning in to the online broadcast network, AfterBuzz TV. Over 20 million weekly downloads in over 150 countries and your number one source for after-show entertainment. Oh, AfterBuzz TV. The destination for TV superfans. Producing aftershows for over 300 of your favorite TV shows. Interviewing celebrities and showrunners. And bringing you behind-the-scenes exclusives. All thanks to E! Entertainment's Maria Menounos, producer Kevin Undergaro, and internet leader Akamai. Now, let the buzz begin! Welcome. Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> to another. <laughs> this is one of the most famous songs in Western history. I love you, Phil. You it's, have me at hello. It's called "Man with the Harmonica." It's from "Once Upon a Time in the West," and therefore you would have no sense that we're doing the Prisoner After Show here on AfterBuzz TV for Throwback Thursday. Woo! Oh yeah. Wow. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. We have Steph Z. Hey guys, how's it going? And we have Meredith Placco. Hey, hey, what's up? And they can be found on Twitter at IamStevZ and M Placco mm-hmm. until she decides to change that. I, I keep threatening and I never do. Also, this music is super somber. Well, welcome to Phil's life. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Well, oh, it's already started. So nice I know today. you look real cute. You got it, nice It's very, uh, very cowboyish. Yeah, See, it this is. is where the music oh. goes dark. Oh. I should have worn my freaking holster. I should have worn my cowboy boots. All and right. My hat. We're hinting at it. Hope you know what we're talking about. We're talking in, we're talking living in harmony because that's the episode and everything's all about the Western. This episode throws everything on its head, sideways, front ways, back ways, whatever ways you want to throw it. Wild Wild West, man. That's it. That is indeed. Um, So let's start with overall impressions because Steph Z's texting to me. I didn't. Even, I, I gave her the premise. You, I said this is going to be mm-hmm. different. Don't be alarmed. Yeah, you didn't respond to my text last night. I was, my feelings were a little hurt. That's Aww. Okay. I didn't want to respond because I wanted you to just get through it. I know. <laughs> I got through it. Um, I I have mixed feelings about this. I'm a fan of the show, <laughs> The Prisoner, a lot. The episode, this episode, Living in Harmony. I mean. Eh. Mm-hmm. It was cool. Like, it was interesting watching it, but it wasn't as interesting as a lot of the other sh- episodes where you had to figure out, and I'm trying to connect numbers, and I'm trying to figure out who's got what, who knows what. Like, it was very, very clear, I think very early, that this was some type of mind-altering something. There was a very apparent number two in the Western world. There was a very apparent woman that was trying to coerce him into giving information. There was, you know, the the villain redhead guy who, you know what I mean? Like, it was very... There was always the... uh, Like, it was very much textbook... Textbook prisoner? It was was textbook generic prisoner, but with a horse. With a horse. (laughs) With a horse. Oh, man. All right, Meredith, what about you? You know, it definitely deviates from previous episodes. It, It is grounded in the same tropes, We've come to expect the prisoner. I would definitely say this was an allegory of an episode. Um, it's it is one of the harder ones to sit through, though, not because it takes you out of the village and puts you in a hundred year old village. Uh, just th- the pacing was off. Um, you know the stuff with the kid 
uh, the evil redhead kid, uh, him being mute felt a little awkward. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he we, was only mute until he wasn't. Yeah, until he wasn't. There was like really no reason for that. It wasn't like a, a really cool stylistic choice like they did one with one of the previous episodes where we didn't have any speaking except for other languages for like the first fifteen minutes. So you know, it was just it was just a harder episode to stomach. Um, but in many ways, it was a very textbook based, like very textbook episode, and it didn't really bring anything new to the table other than, um, and I'm sure we'll get into this later, but number six uh, mentions how he's going to be moving along because he has another job offer, which is an interesting thing to note because we never, you know, is that actually something as to why he resigned? Yeah, I also, to to add to that, there was um, a couple points where I thought that they were hinting at the resignation as well. Um, So again, you could tell that this was trying to be some sort of sequence, dream sequence or mind altering sequence to get him to say it because he felt like maybe he wasn't in the village. But also to me, it was interesting that we saw a lot of things in this episode that we never see. We see number six drinking. We <laughs> see him caring about a woman. Yeah. And we see a kid. Yeah. He's not really a kid. He's just, he's just the kid. No, but we see a, a child. No, we see There's a child. A oh, yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes. In like, that, that you know, true. after a draw scene, which mm-hmm. draws so fun. I wish that's how people sell their problems these days. Bang, God, bang. God. Who's got the quicker hands? <laughs> I have a funny story about that we one. We could just do a draw-off, like a, a, an yeah. art drawing-off. <laughs> that would be hilarious. That we would be a hilarious skit. Yeah, see people, like, two yeah. people walking up to each other, and they whip out their pen and pen. <laughs> Fair enough. I love that. <laughs> all Let's right. do that We're doing that. We're creating that <laughs> game. That is how we're going to settle we'll bring all it on Shark Tank. Oh, my God, yes. Full circle. All right. You guys uh, You guys settle that on Instagram, why don't you? <laughs> oh, we will? I'm going to draw. Here's, a, here's what I like. I mean, you, for me... I actually like this. I love westerns. The only thing that um, that wasn't for me was you, you know it's very boxed right because it's TV. It's four by three, whereas westerns are so landscape. Mm-hmm. So I was missing that element of it. But other than that, I love westerns, and and I got into this episode, and I get I it. You, Overall, man. it's simple. It's simple. It, it's one of those things. It is. It is in that way. But um, you know, it did start the genre of telefantasy. Right, um, and I, I want to talk about that in one moment. But it's it's here's the thing: it, it, it's an episode very much. Uh, in my overview, there's debate on who really came up with the idea. Was it McGowan? Was it um, someone else? But it just feels like any you, you know those uh, sitcom episodes that that they always go to Hawaii or they go on spring break. Yeah, mm-hmm. and why do they do that? Well, it's because the producers just want to go on spring yeah. break. That's what, and it, they, it, they just want to make a right. western, and they did, and it's great. Yeah, fine. I'm with you. I get it. Well, okay, so it's interesting you say that the, you attribute this to the start of the telefantasy series, though Star Trek original series started in 66. But they didn't do it, do it. Right, so so uh, the, the way I'm defining telefantasy, mm-hmm. it's, when, it's when you take a set of characters... Um, from a particular genre and reshuffle oh, those same yeah, characters yeah. into a different thing. So there's okay. a picture we have of, Fair ironically, enough. Boy Meets World, of all things, yeah. right? And for those of you unfamiliar, it's a story about a boy growing up, you know, through high school and so on and so forth. And they take the same characters, give them slightly different names, and throw them into uh, World War II time era, and they have to deal with 
the same problems, but just in, in 1940s. Okay, fa- fair enough, because I'm, I'm not as well-versed in TOS as I am TNG, and obviously in TNG they have like the weird holodeck episodes mm-hmm. or where Q makes them think that they're part of a Robin Hood scenario. Yeah. So, okay, I get that. I can I can concede to that. That's pretty yeah. rad, though, because I love I love the weird telefantasy episodes of certain shows. Yeah, and, and historically they're supposed to be lighter, right? Yeah. They're, they're not supposed to be... I mean, this is this is as dark as they get. The other, <laughs> right. You know, all the other ones are supposed to be light and make fun of the mm-hmm. genre itself. Yeah. Um, sorry, I was looking for a note while you guys were talking about that that I wrote last night because I couldn't remember exactly. But the, also to add to your point earlier about his resignation and mm-hmm. stuff, like when he was saying what were the reasons number six, he said my when number two is saying to number six, what were the reasons for your resignation? And he was like, my reasons. He he made it sound to me that he was forced to resign. Did anybody else catch that? Well, he wasn't forced to resign in, today, in the episode. He very much forcefully was like, here you go, yeah. I'm out. No, I mean that he was forced to resign from a societal standpoint? No, but you know how sometimes in big corporations something happens and it's like, you need to resign or else we're going to expose XYZ and ruin your life. Well, I, I, And this is like the second or third time I've had that note that something alluded to the fact that he didn't resign on his on all of his own accord. But I've always maintained that there was something that's happened behind the scenes that, that he want like it kind of forced his hand. Yeah. He, I felt like he wanted to resign, but he wanted to resign because of something he, he knew or saw or, you know, he, he just couldn't deal with whatever was happening anymore. See, but, I almost I almost felt like he was forced to resign because he was told to as resign. As, as if maybe he was taking the heat for something, like they like a sacrificial lamb? Uh, either that or you know how, um, you know, it's like... You know, a big corporation, say if there's something that goes against company policy or whatever, mm-hmm. and they... They say, okay, we're either going to fire you or you need to resign tomorrow because if we fire you, then we're going to have to go to X, Y, Z and it's going to, it's going to come out all this other stuff that you don't want to know. I think it's more so, um, I think it's more so from the standpoint of they changed, I think you're right, they changed company policy, but it's like, okay, from now, I'm going to take it to an extreme, right? Yeah. From now on, we're killing all kids. And he's like, well, I don't want to kill kids. He just takes it there. He just I'm just giving a. I'm giving the most brutal example because makes me worry about your dogs. No, because I'm saying okay. (laughs) I would say we all agree that killing kids is not good. So therefore, if that was the company policy, he'd be like, "Well, no way, I'm out." You know, and no way, I'm doing that. Here's my resignation. Gone. Fair enough. But then he also says, you know, to the sheriff, well, not to the sheriff, excuse me, to the judge, he's like, well, you know, I'm moving on. I, I, I have another offer. So it makes me wonder, did he, did he quit because he was forced to resign or did he get a better offer? Maybe he is a double spy. I don't know. Ooh, I like the double spy. Well, let's take it back. By the way, um, <laughs> Sorry. for, for, for Steph Z, um, mm-hmm. and, and all the other fans who are kind of with us for the first time, the last three episodes, get ready. Get ready. Even crazier than this. Yeah, we, we, we've gone. We we've. This is it. This is the beginning of the end. <laughs> we're there. Whoa, dude. Um, yeah. So we talked about how this was the kind of the beginning of uh, telefantasy. Mm-hmm. It defied the spy genre very much. So uh, ITV, because of how different it was, ITV fought to get an opening title into it. But McGowan, he just literally wanted, did not want it. And and behind his back, they just put it in. So um, at the top of the show, for those you were watching, you know, we mm-hmm. always put up the, the title slate. And uh, in Living Harmony, we did, and that, that was that because they did it behind his back. He was so mad. He didn't even because he didn't want people to know that they were watching The Prisoner, right? They, yeah. He wanted. He was trying to actually trick viewers. 
Exactly. Oh, McGowan, you're, you're, you're so you're sadistic. So you're so good. Um, is like, that good? Though? It's it's art house. I mean, what? It's, what yeah, yeah. Totally. What he's doing is something. I mean, you know, and you can. But it's like in the same sense, it's like you. If you're a fan of a show and you yeah. tune in every week or whatever for this show, and you're like all set, you got your food mm-hmm. ready, you got your popcorn ready, whatever. You're wa- ready to watch a show, and then you see something else. You might be like, oh man, did I did I mess but, up? But like, everything about the prisoner has been McGowan's commentary and and subverting what people knew at the time. I mean, in, in so many ways. Like I could argue that the prisoner, you know, ranks up there with some of the the really great art videos of the sixties and seventies, where where you know performance pieces and just you know real mind trips where people try to get you to think outside the box, and and he managed to do this on a on a network level. For, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, it was I agree, mm-hmm. but I just don't know why I don't, wouldn't do that. Because walking, like even walking away from this episode, we're not all being like, "Oh my god, this was brilliant!" I didn't even realize I was watching it. But, and then the underlying subliminal message was red. But like, not, not all art is that. brilliant. Not all art it's is going to be enjoyed. Here's the thing, right? I mean, go Failed go back to the idea. <laughs> you were shocked from the mm-hmm. be- right. I mean, you weren't expecting this. Were you expecting this? No. Then he did his job, right? And so, but I mean, to conf- this was a byproduct of it because of how violent it was. They had to move it to the ten o'clock slot in England. So and it, so people were really confused. <laughs> yeah. So you turn, you know, you got your popcorn ready at at nine p.m. or whatever, and you're like, what in the, the what? And no prisoner, and then you're ready to go to bed, and you see him going on a western. You're like, what? He made it in America. <laughs> You know, which which actually is kind of, in a way, cool that, like, that would never fly now. Because people yeah. would be so worried about ratings and we're going to lose numbers for that day and blah, blah, blah. So that's, a, that's, I think, why maybe I'm trained to think in that way. Like, it doesn't make sense. Like, people aren't going to know where to find it. But it wasn't about the system so much back then. So Yeah, it was about creating, yeah. creating something that was outside of the right, system. fine. It was a good idea. It go. was an entertaining Western. I'm not, not, I'm not disagreeing with the fact that mm. it was an entertaining Western. I'm just and, signed up for Prisoner. Yeah when, yeah, when when you look at it in the overarching episode list of The Prisoner, like the show itself, the episode itself, was a good episode. It fits a little oddly. Mm-hmm. Into the series, um, mainly because, and I could have accepted, and I, I'm going to just jump to the end here. I could have accepted everything until the very, very end, where they go back to the town. And I don't want to say anything to spoil it, but it was what happened there that broke it for me. Oh, well, I mean, obviously, we're going to talk about the episode, so we're going to spoil. Um, you know, I, but a couple of things. Uh, number one, um, I do want to talk about uh, in the U.S. They banned it for a long time because of how violent it was. Wow. Uh, this episode. Man, we are I so mean, desensitized. I, yeah, I was going to say, I'm like, I don't, I actually was sitting there. I, one of my notes is actually to the effect of how they don't show anything. Mm-hmm. It's like, you know, like even when the guy, you know, Kathy's brother is getting hung which was crazy, like, that they put him on a horse, and they put his head in a noose, and then, horse, get out of here, giddy up, and, but you don't see it. Like, you didn't see any of the violence. There was no blood. Here's the thing, well... Like, on his hand, on his mm -hmm. cheek, fine, but besides that, there was no real... Here's the thing, right? There was death. 
There was I, just no violence to me. Because I do want to get to the episode, and I know we're very oh, right. pressed for time. Yeah. Thanks to you, Steph. See, so viewers... Uh, thanks to me? I think it's more thanks to Meredith. Oh, why? Because she's the redhead? Anyway, no, the, 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 the point being, here's the thing, right? That was what they said is because of the dude of violence. Mm-hmm. But I think what they, what they were ultimately saying... I mean, this is very much commentary. A Western... <laughs> How American is the Western, yeah. right? And so it's directly commentating on that. And so I, I, I think because of the, the <laughs> messages involved that we're going to get into, they didn't want that, right? Uh, and before we fully dive in, again, in terms of taking credit for the story, um, there's a lot of people, you know, McGowan always wanted to make a Western. Mm-hmm. Some say uh, McGowan and Tomlin saw ideas. So Ian uh, Rakoff, who has a, a very good book, um, and you can read a lot of this stuff there, you know he 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 attributes it to it because uh, and and it has a lot of his feelings towards Vietnam and the South African apartheid. You know, so that's kind of sewn into, and he gets credit for the I story. Did not get the apartheid from this episode. Well, that's interesting. He says it's in there, so check did it you out. Get it? I mean, I I, I got uh, I got a commentary on violence and nonviolence yeah. and community and you know and and so we'll obviously no. talk about that. But uh, but no. apartheid specifically, no. I mean, I, th- I think yeah, no, I the, the roots of apartheid in terms of violence are there, and and you know, Christian, I guess, I guess it's, it's just that's one of the cultural differences, and also the time, not you know, it not being the '60s for us. So yeah, interesting. And one last bit of fact before we get into everything, uh, actually two. I'm sorry. Um, people said this was one of the toughest shoots. Um, they said it took five. Five weeks to film, although production-wise, it only took ten, mm-hmm. so it wasn't that crazy. Ten days, ten days. Um, and Alexis Canner, uh, he shared a dressing room with a leopard, a leopard <laughs> from two thousand one, a space odyssey from the sequence "The Dawn of Man." So there's the leopard right there that he shared a <laughs> room out, with. Like you know, you and the leopard get the green room. That's cool, man. That's uh, all right. Hot. I've suppressed you guys you enough. That Let's get I into it. Uh, the, you know, we, we've kind of talked about the sim- uh, there, There's a picture we have, right, of the opening. Um, or, you know, I. Senor. The, there's Senor, right? So it's very much he resigns and he wakes up in an unknown place, so much so that there's someone telling him. Uh, you'll find out, Senor. It's not wise to ask. And it's very much like it is, the village it is arrival. The opening. It completely mirrors the yeah. entire thing. And it's yep. meant to. Yeah. Yeah, so, I think you we know, agree on that's that. That's why you don't need the, the the title because if you you should get it like right off the bat. I think that's why McEwen fought to not have the the title card because he wanted, you know, this commentary. Mm. Yeah, and, and obviously you guys got the uh, the under- the irony of harmony mm-hmm. and it being called harmony. Yes, that nothing is in harmony nothing. there. Nothing's harmonious no, at all whatsoever. No. Well, especially with all like the violence. all singing together. Yeah. From the get-go, there's no harmony in that in that town at all. Right. Because you wouldn't, if there was harmony, you wouldn't have to kill someone. This is true. Well, you know, oh, I won't go there yet. Okay. So, uh, for me, I have, I have a very good definition of a Western as I've defined it, but um, you know, I think part of what to understand this episode, we have to define what is a Western, right? And so, mm-hmm. for you guys, what is a Western? And what, you know, obviously there's the classic ones, but the, the genre conventions. You know, there's usually a sheriff, there's usually a bad guy, there's usually someone in trouble, generally a lady, or a town, or both, and there's usually guns and a shootout and horses. That's a Western. Steph, anything to add? Or I would trim it down to whiskey, guns, and horses. <laughs> There you okay, go. and girls, but there's always a brothel. Come on, there's always uh, okay. Whiskey, guns, girls, and horses. There we go. Whiskey, guns, and girls. I like that. That's a good. Band That's like a name. song. Yeah, 
We're gonna go. we're gonna make a harmonious mm-hmm. song called "Whiskey Guns and Girls." <laughs> Excellent. Um, <laughs> Excellent. I'm in. As long as I'm backup, <laughs> not lead. Um, we will be singing to that that to you next yeah. week. Um, <laughs> so for me, you know, a lot of people in terms of the the critical analysis, they write that it is th- this is not a historical western, but a filmic western, right? So taking taking classics like in, in terms of number six, he, people attribute him to Clint Eastwood, the man with no name, right? Mm-hmm. So I mean, just even look at oh yeah, if, if you yeah. look at that picture versus like what McGowan was. Not not 100% similar. Oh, look at him. But I know. That's a man. <laughs> Sorry, I love Clint Eastwood and I love Westerns. What can I say? I grew up watching this. I I I grew up watching Westerns. I All agree. All of a sudden I have the Bonanza song in my head. See, it's, they're classic. I That's know. Catchy, yeah. They're totally classic. They're just not the prisoner. Well, uh, have you guys, you know, in terms of kind of allegorical and how, um, in terms of methodology, uh, Once Upon a Time in the West is attributed to this or mm-hmm. High Noon where there's politics involved um, and there's, you know, the, the, the pacing. Yeah, the reluctant sheriff. Yeah, yeah. 100%. Yeah. So uh, check those out if you haven't politics seen them. Politics is always involved in a Western too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. a lot of times. So. It doesn't sound, sound as good as Whiskey Girls and Guns, but... Yeah. But they're all there. It's all, I know. Yeah, it's all in it's all there. there. You know? But the politics is there so that way the the main guy who doesn't mm-hmm. want to work has the, the whiskey guns and girls. Yeah. Yeah. That's ultimately what they want. Yeah. Um, in terms of what they want uh, the prisoner here, they want him to be a sheriff in harmony. Stephsy, you've already kind of spoken mm-hmm. about this, but uh, in terms of that as the plot element. Well... I mean, do, do, are we trying to say that they want him to run the village with that statement? I mean, I don't, uh, I don't know that that's really what they want. I think they want him to subvert. Definitely mm-hmm. want him to subvert, but not be the sheriff. Well, but I guess again, it was like even when he became the sheriff, it was that he wasn't in full control. Mm-hmm. Very mm-hmm. similar to when they wanted him to be number two. Yeah, that's what I mean. I don't, I don't think. Well. I, but the, it was like they wanted him. Yeah, very yeah. similar. They wanted him to be number two, but then they didn't. Like yeah, as, they a figure, did, only as, as a figure, only name only. Yeah. Which kind of is sorry. What politics are today? <laughs> Just saying. I mean, you we'll know, talk more about that on our next show. Yeah, I, I, I think there, there's very much. Um, they they very much made a statement that uh, the village can happen at any point in time, mm-hmm. uh, even space and whatever, and it does have similarities. Um, just even from a production standpoint, right? The jail jail cell has kind of random stuff and posters, much like the village would, and then um, the kangaroo court. Uh, you know, we, we we've seen that similar to uh, Dance of the Dead, mm-hmm. and then. Um, you know the hostility of the town folk is very similar to uh, Change of Mind that we just did recently. So, so all these elements are there um, that we've seen again. We've seen them in the past now, just in a different new light. And uh, I don't know. Maybe the idea was to open up our minds that uh, that this is everywhere and it's not just in the village, um, and a slow process to make you have to learn this fact. <laughs> right. And I guess Steph sees just a quicker learner than the rest <laughs> of us. Sorry, I don't it happens. Know. Ah, oh, man. Let's talk about the kid. The kid. The kid. The, there's three levels that I view the kid as. Uh, the, Which kid are you talking about? The creepy kid? The redhead. Or the kid? 
Okay. The redhead kid. Yeah. Not the child that no, we the see creeper. in the end scene. Yeah, the creeper. The, yeah. No. That kid Super right there. Creeper! Did not like him. I want to punch all. him in the face. Oh. He reminded me of a creepy clown. Yeah, he did. He did. And oh. I like clowns. I that wasn't on my analysis, but there you go. We could call him authority, death, infantilism, and creepy clown. He didn't remind me of authority at all because no. he didn't really have any. He well, seemed the like top had meant struck- it. Yeah, but yeah. it seemed like he was always struggling. Well, but even in that, even when he was like the jailkeeper, whatever you call that person, it, like the crypt keeper, but he, he he was so dumb. Yeah, he seemed like, like someone... Like he got played. Like I wouldn't think of him as authoritative. I would think of him as a schmuck. Well, he's somebody who wants authority and wants the respect that comes with it, but fights like a, a screaming child having a temper tantrum to get it. Uh, here's, here's one of the reasons yeah. why um, I think ultimately they... Partly pulled it off. Um, you know, this was one of the reasons the U.S. disliked it because of mm-hmm. the similarities to Harpo Marx. You know, and and, and they, oh. there's a, there's a photo we have of Harpo Marx, and it's very much that. You know, uh, Harpo is always trying to get uh, get at something, but he can't, and he's he's a mute, he's unable mm-hmm. to talk. And so when you put Harpo Marx in this position of guarding the jail cell and having some authority. Yeah, it's making fun of the situation, and and it is very much clown-like. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So he's a creepy clown. <laughs> uh, did you? Okay. Um, he did originally have lines in the script. Was, you want to do a line reading? You want to be? You want to be the kid or number six? Wait, you have this? Yeah. Look, yes. Right if there. you read your rundown. I didn't read my rundown. Do you um, want to be six or you want to be the kid? I want to be the creeper, but I don't see where where are we looking? Right at? there, at the top. Okay. All right, so it's, you're gonna do be that the in your best Hollywood voice. Maybe you don't know who I am. I'm the kid. And then the next one. I'm the best. I'm the fastest. You're certainly the loudest. Don't you know who I am? I mean, come oh, on, no. that's what he's saying. Oh. Yeah, I mean, he's, he, yeah, I mean, uh, I, I'm actually, that was a very good choice that they didn't say that. Cause I probably mm-hmm. would have laughed. I would have been like, are you, like, it yeah. would have been so comical. And you know, when you watch stuff and you laugh and it's not intended to be funny, it's just so terrible. Yeah. That, and, and that probably, I would have been like, oh my God, he was the worst. And then he freaking spoke. Yeah. That would have what I've been saying. Here's the thing, you, don't, you don't think that he was meant to be, uh, that it was meant to be comical? I mean, the line, you're certainly the loudest. That's a punchline. Well, that's comical. I think, I think number six's response was great. And in, in vain of number six, it's just up until that point, we haven't, it, no, it, I meant, I feel like that's meant to be sarcastic, not comical. Which could be both. Which could be both, but it's not like a hee-hee. It's like a, whoa, he just said that. No? No, I don't think so. Could be be fine. Um, I don't know. It depends on... But I I do like the fact that they did... They pulled out a lot of his lines (coughs) from the original script, and they made him very much mute up until the end when he dies. I don't know. Creeper. I just didn't... And who... I mean, come on. Who kills himself off of, like, a ten... There was, like, ten stairs. I mean, he could have at least so broken weak. a neck. It was weak. Yeah, it was weak. Okay, well, okay, and that was this weak. is this is where I had the biggest issue with this episode. And can I can I go there yet? Can I can I go there yet? Yeah, we're going we're, we're going to the, we're going to the reality. Yeah. We're, well, okay. Right. So it was fine when they when they pulled number six out of the situation. That was great. That was good. His disorientation. I love the whole thing with the cardboard cutouts. That was wonderful. Him going to confront uh, to the kid and the woman. 
great scene. And, and even her reaction where, where it's kind of like, oh, somebody, somebody got into this a little too deep, which I thought was a great commentary on the woman because it seemed like she really did fall in love with number six. Mm-hmm. But then out of nowhere, creepy redhead is like, oh, I really loved the woman the whole time. And then they go back to the, the, the fake, uh, Western yeah. set and he just acts like, okay, so here's the thing. As it was established, number six was the one that was put into this world. The others were just kind of providing voiceover. They were not also immersed into this world through drug therapy. They were therapy cardboard or, cutouts. Yeah. They, they, it was just their voices. So how, how unhinged was the kid that he felt that he was also part of this world, even though he, he didn't have any of the corruption or the mind control to make him part of it? Like, it was just... That was so unbelievable to me, and that was where my real issue with this episode, where it finally broke for me. I'm like, I didn't... It, it wasn't coming. It wasn't established. It didn't no. feel like it, it had any place being there. It was a little weak, yeah. Well, this was He's our definitely first... definitely not Billy the Kid. Mm-mm. This was our first dive into cyberpunk, and, you know, they didn't know what computers were Good at man. the time. Good and, man and for so noting on. that. You know? So, but the, hey, I give him credit for yeah. trying. I definitely give him credit for trying, but it, mm-hmm. I, I do agree with Meredith in the fact that that crossover was like, well, wait, number six can make that distinction, and he was the one in it, and now he's just... But here's, here's what you have to understand, right? His mind is... Number six's mind is way stronger. We've established that, if totally. nothing else, in yeah. the past episodes. Whereas the kid, I mean, in the fantasy itself, and granted he was playing a role, right? right. Um, but he was just a voice. He wasn't immersed into it. So the, the, I guess for me, the, the break, his, his psychological break was not grounded enough for me to accept that as a viewer because mm. unless he was also immersed in that world not just like us sitting around a table providing voiceover to characters essentially in a video game but in essence was it meant to be that because considering he is almost the pawn to number two and does whatever number two says that he's that weak oh the, do you think number two told him to go kill himself i don't know yeah i'm just saying right. number two kind of it's, there, there's always someone that number two plays on to go do the dirty work. Yeah, but just the, the way... The weaker person. Just the way when number two walked in and he saw um, Kathy and the kid dead, yeah. and the way Magoo and number six just walked out like... This is your fault. This is this is you've reaped you know reap what you've sown, and and just that yeah. like that moment right there was really strong. I really liked that because there, while there were no words exchanged, there was so much weight and emotion put on that and one little bit. Number two did say to the kid, "I told you just to scare her, not yeah. kill her." But that was before. But maybe he's just following an order. I don't know. Weird. It was weird. Yeah, it just got a little weird. The thing that I, I no, I'm done. The thing that I feel like. I want to touch upon it. I know it could be a very long conversation, but we can just touch upon it. Is the fact that he, number two, when, I mean, number six, when he was the sheriff, he did not want to wear a gun. And I feel like that's a huge thing that, you know, even in today with all this gun violence that we have, and you look at these other countries that the police or the law enforcement don't wear guns mm-hmm. and what happens as opposed to when they do. Yeah, I mean, so let, let's talk about that. I mean, I think that's that's one of the very key things of um, of oh, why the U.S. didn't necessarily yeah. want it, right? But ironically, here's, a, yeah, here's, Batman. A, here's Batman, Batman, right? So iconic of the U.S. Mm-hmm. And uh, Alexa, since you're closer, uh, do you want to read uh, what, it, what it says, what Batman is saying in this comic? Sure. Um, this is the weapon of the enemy. We do not need it. We will not use it. A gun is a coward's weapon, a liar's weapon. 
Ooh. That's right. So, I so McGowan and number six, yeah. he doesn't take a gun. He takes the badge because it's a symbol of respect, mm-hmm. and, and he can he can go about um, and do it in that way. But then eventually, as he becomes corrupted by the system, and you know, it leads to Kathy's death. That's when he swaps out, and he no longer wants respect and authority. He's just lawless. Well, see, I read that different. I don't think he became, he like succumbed to the system and then wanted to go fight guns with guns. I feel like it's, you know, and it's almost the unspoken rule for me in a way, too. It's like I would never use violence towards someone unless you hurt someone I love. Like, that's the line you cross. You know what I mean? Like, there's been situations, you know, throughout high school, like, you see fights, you see this. Like, I'm always the person to jump in and, like, defuse the situation or talk people out of it. But once once someone crosses that line and... But, okay, so let me ask you this. So, in terms of the badge, then, so what you're saying, you know, you're, you're stepping outside. Uh, you are very knowingly taking an action that you know... From the law perspective, is not is correct. Not correct. Yeah. Yes, so I feel I don't know that he succumbed to everyone else's opinion of the law. He was just like, "All right, this like you you guys stepped over the line. I'm going to put this aside and I'm going to go take care of business because you don't hurt people that I care about." I, I have a question: What led McGowan to finally allow that? Because he's been so up until this point, no drinking, no womanizing, no violence. Why did this episode? He, as the as an actor and writer and director of the series, chose to break those rules he has set. Because you need whiskey and girls and guns in a western. <laughs> you can't the, do a western without whiskey. You can't. You just I mean, can't. It, part of it you can't, right? Mm-hmm. But obviously, by by choosing not to take the gun at the beginning, he certainly did. Um, you know what? I think it's certainly a good question. Um, I will read more into it. Part of why I don't want to answer that yet mm-hmm. is because. I know it's coming up, and unfortunately, there's violence. Yeah, so I mean, I know I know a, things change from this point, hey, but I think I know. Don't be uh, leading me. I mean, we're not going to say too much. Something. Don't walk me down. The I'm just going to say I just thought it was. It's interesting that they they chose this now, and and I and I, I guess too back into the continuity. I believe from this point forward, these were all filmed in sequence. Yes. So. It, yeah, but I was just posing that out there for Steph and the audience. So. All right, we'll see. Yeah, you. Ch- check it out, and and you know that's a question. Mm-hmm. You know whether you've seen the series or or watching it kind of for the first time as we go with it. Yeah, take note of because um, it's going to get interesting. <laughs> Sweet, and uh, and and lines will be drawn, so to speak. Stop it! Draw your gun. That's right. I would so beat either of you in a draw. Um. Speaking of that, again, I know I know we're kind of jumping all over the place, but um, you know, obviously, the point Amen. we're at is, uh, you know, he gets his gun, he takes away, and there's the. He t- I don't know if you can see, but Mary that drew a gun, and it says "bang bang." Um, Ale- verse versus uh, Alexis. Um, they Alexis says he's actually oh. fast. Yes, the, not not our, you, Alexis. Our not our amazing engineer. Yeah. Um, Alexis claims to this day that he was faster than Patrick McGowan. And that if you really slow down the footage that in what was actually shot, he draws his gun first. Oh, man. Those are some fighting words right there. Those, those are. But here's the thing, right? Take mm-hmm. um, If you watch Unforgiven, it's not about how quick you are. It's about quickness and accuracy, accuracy. and steadiness. Yeah. And so he could have missed completely. So it's a matter of you know how mm-hmm. steady you can be. That's kind of a... That kind of annoys me. In what way? How? I mean, 
it annoys me in the way of it's clear that number six had to win that for the show. For so for him to be like, but in what? any Western TV sh- or movie, the hero has to win. That's what I'm saying. So yeah. for him to be years later, be yeah. like, but I was still faster. Wait, wait, wait. Sounds a little weird. He's got to whip me. it out and just you know prove his point. You know how you know people. It's can like get. yeah, like two dudes. Like yeah. It's what it is. It's, I feel it like is it's what unnecessary. It is like, unnecessary, actually. Because I don't think people are really walking away like, oh, but Gwen is faster than Alexis. Like, it's a show. You know, one fan probably said that Come to him on. at a convention, and his he got upset about it. Is it the red hair? Is that what makes him mad? Yeah. I don't know. I, this is dyed. <laughs> I'm naturally a blonde. I actually hide, oh, my, really? I hide my dumbness for evilness. Whoa, yeah. smart. Okay. There you go. Um... You know, we, we the couple of let's talk about Kathy because we we skipped around on her a little bit. Um, so let's go back to her. There's there's a photo of her um, that we have in the Western so fantastic. Saloon. Yeah, I mean, obviously, completely yeah. very di- completely different as number twenty two versus the picture that we have here. Um, I have a picture dressed like that. That's amazing. <laughs> there you go. So, what, how did you guys feel about her? I mean, she she was quick to fall in love with number six. Obviously, it made sense perhaps in the it. Western. But um, you know, outside the village, you know, I thought I thought she was one. Of, you know, it's been a while that we we haven't really had a, a dynamic female like this in a while. Like she falls into the tropes of falling for the lead. I get that, but I I liked her a lot. I thought she was. I mean, well, again, I mean, Prisoner is known for having really great female characters. You know, it's, it's something I've talked about many a times, especially given the the time period it aired. Um, well, maybe she fell into a more typical trope of the time that you'd expect. Like, but I, I, I felt she, because of it being a western, she had to follow follow those tropes. I mean, she was yeah. playing a part that was a script she was reading. What I found fascinating was how deep she got into it. That she fell in love with the number six of the western world and how it affected her in the in the real world. And I thought that was just I don't know. I thought it was a good commentary because at that time we haven't seen anything like this. Now we can dismiss it and be like, oh, that's so stereotypical. But at the time, I thought you know, given in context, I liked it. I, yeah, I would agree. Yeah, I loved it. <laughs> I was very sad. I know. I know. I want to give her a hug. There's um. There's a photo we have of of the death scene, which I thought was uh. I I thought was pretty brilliant. Um, you know, just in, in, in terms of how it looks and, and, uh, you know, that it, it's very Western, right? And, uh, so there's McGowan, there's two crosses, he's in the middle of it all, and, uh, so he sits. You know what, Stephanie? You are a big distraction. No, okay. we have oh, to share will... this with the class. Come on, we, dude. Steph will tweet this out, I promise right. you. We're going to Instagram out a photo of Steph Z Cosplay. looking like Kathy. Yes, okay? Kathy. Yeah. So uh, this took about 30 seconds worth of Steph Z's time, so that's why she zoned out. I did. I'm sorry. I wanted to bring it, it was up. Pre- it's pretty fantastic, guys. I assure you it was worth it. I promise I don't want this after show derailed, much like the, pr- the prisoners going in a complete direction, complete different direction. No, I think... I think stay it's, course. No, we no. are, but they like part of the chorus is, you know, falling in love with the derailment. <laughs> much, much like this episode being a, a light-hearted, uh, fun tele-fantasy... This episode of the Prisoner podcast is a little. Well, light-hearted. I didn't say the Prisoner was lighthearted. I think you know, telefantasies in general are lighthearted. This was not. It I led to for, two people's deaths. For the Prisoner, that is pretty lighthearted, Phil. Okay, yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm, what she said. Uh, there you go. I agree. Um, 
anything else that you guys want to touch on? Because uh, I think overall we covered a lot of this. Yeah. Um, you know, but we, you know, even though we went every which way, which is fine. No, I mean, now I'm excited for what's next because you guys are making me think that it's just going to keep getting crazier and crazier. I'm going to take, um, I'm going to take the next 10 seconds Uh-oh. and give a spoiler, okay? No, I don't want to listen then. So don't listen. Okay, turning out. Turn All right, so anybody who doesn't want to listen, close your ears. Be ready for Alexis Connor to be back in the final episode. <laughs> Done. Spoiler That's over. It. Done. Oh, good. good. I didn't hear. Yeah. Be ready for something, but I yeah. didn't know what it was. Um, so that's about it. Anything? Uh, again, I think I, you know. If you really like westerns, I think you can get into this episode, and there's a lot there for you. Uh, it's entertaining, and, yeah, and it's it well done. Yeah. It's not like there's inconsistencies. You know what I mean? Like it's well done. I like at the end how everything is like cardboard mm-hmm. cutouts, and it. Which, the by the way, I think it, I like it, it, it is a commentary. Uh, a lot of people attribute that as a commentary to actual westerns because there's there's various characters that uh, that are more, that might as well just be considered card. Or I mean, cutouts. literally the town. I was actually shocked that they didn't have the town blow over at some point because they were yeah. just like facades yeah. built on top of buildings. So I, who I knew that was right that. next to the village? Right next to the- it makes me wonder what other little fantasy worlds like they probably have like an old English castle and you know different little like things well, that they can put people in. We'll see next to April when we go. Yeah, yeah, we'll find it. We'll get we'll give a whole Periscope tour. There you go. Oh yeah, do people still use Periscope? Is that oh, still a thing? Yeah. Well, yeah. hopefully huh. by next April 2016 they still do. Huh. Who knows? Um, we'll, we'll we'll figure out a way. All right, so that's it for Living in Harmony. Uh, thank you guys for always joining us. Uh, if you haven't already done so, subscribe, rate, comment, you know, and the number one thing that you can honestly do is just tell, tell a friend. That way you're introducing them to prisoner if they're not already introduced, and of course you're exposing them to us, which we appreciate. Yes, um, yes. At, at the end of the day, we are nothing without you. We are just, uh, a, a number. We're just numbers. We're just numbers without, uh, without a village. <laughs> We're just ISOs. We're villageless. <laughs> Um, next week we'll be doing The Girl Who Was Death then after that Once oh. Upon a Time and Fallout 3 oh. left can you believe it only we, 3 left only three. we thought the day would never come I like it but we're, we're three, 3 away from completion um, so there you have it uh, as always take uh, we've we mentioned a lot of social media so you can chat with, with us there Steph Z you guys can keep the conversation going with me at I-A-M-S-T-E-F-Z thanks for watching listening and you can find me at M Placco. I need a cool, catchy thing. Like, keep the conversation going with Steph Z. That's so good. And uh, keep up, uh, keep on uh, being individuals. Everyone out there, you guys are all my number sixes. I Why are you laughing? I love Nothing. you, Phil. Just, I, just, do, I love you. We'll, we'll see you guys next week. Yeah. Be seeing you. From executive producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other After shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.